Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 369, and today we'll be talking about He's Just Not Here Right Now, from Summer Camp Island. I'm GC13. And I'm David. Now, I guess technically I should pronounce the episode title, He's Just Not Here Right Now, but uh, I think the way I went with flows better. Uh, great note. Um, don't know how it was actually said in the episode. Took me this long to realize what the heck the episode title was referencing, which is referencing the Jersey Devil, who happens to not be here right now. Oh, I believe it's Max who has the voice line, and he's talking about perhaps the Jersey Devil is uh, just not here at this moment. Beautifully fits in, again, as a story that, you know, why shall we not cut down the trees? Well, the Jersey Devil could always be lurking within the Pine Barrens. Beautiful little uh, conservationalist story, even though, what's the consequence of cutting down the woods? Is he going to terrorize you? Is it just sad to take away his home and not the other indigenous life to the forest? Uh, The only implication I ever got was that Susie would not be doing her duty as the conservator of the island if she were to remove his habitat and he were using it. So, Right. I I don't think there are any real consequences other than not doing her job. I mean, after all, she does have her old spa. <laughs> oh, I loved, <laughs> I loved that. I hate what she calls me old spa. It's hilarious. Given the nature of Susie's affection towards her, that line, I think, carries a little more weight than they meant it to. But okay. Ha! Ooh, spicy. But yes, it's very spicy very, line. Uh, funny. And... Wow, actually, you're so right. That is very true why it would be Alice over Betsy being old spa. Damn, that actually, that line hits deep. No, no, Betsy over Alice. Oh, Betsy's sorry, the, names and names. Yes, yes, yes. Betsy's the werewolf. Alice is the cute one. <laughs> Aw, Betsy's cute too. I mean, they're all cute, but like Alice is like, she builds her old brand on cute. Yes. So she gets to be the cute one. Fair enough. Ruby is adorable. She's even adorable as a woolly mammoth. I'm very happy to have a backstory episode and have the wonderful young Oscar and Hedgehog show up. I think that Oscar's voice just sounds like a higher pitched version, which is all I need. It's so kawaii and I love it. But they really, the actor for Hedgehog kind of puts on a little bit of nerdiness, a a little extra layer of like, not quite a... I don't know. It just sounds a little more geeky. (laughs) She sounds like a young geek, which is perfect for Hedgehog. And it's so sweet that Oscar's dad views her as the, like, more mature one and the one that he can talk like an adult to, which is terrible for Oscar. And I really don't understand why he's treated so poorly, Uh, you know, like a sack of potatoes. Okay, did did you honestly think that that... Or would last more than 30 minutes in Oscar's hand without uh, being dunked in that water, never to be seen again. Didn't even give Oscar a chance, though. Now, maybe there were chances That's because they didn't have an extra or. That's why. Well, considering how well Oscar has somehow learned to pack, I can't believe it didn't come from his father, who, uh, I guess, didn't prepare that well for this trip. Uh, yeah, I don't know how he was able to fit 14 rolls of toilet paper in that backpack. He must, he must have the doctor on speed dial. I 
He must have got him to soup up that backpack with some TARDIS technology. He also didn't bring sleeping pads, which I guess you would use them in a tent as well. It just... Oh, yeah. yeah. As a prepared camper, I was very disappointed to see that everyone was on the ground in a sleeping bag, which would have been very uncomfy. It was very warm, so I guess the uh, foam mat would not be that important, just for minor comfort reasons. I don't know, man. Sleeping on the ground sucks. If you haven't done it before, it's terrible. I mean, they they did throw out their tent just because it got a little wet, so... I mean, it was completely soaking, though. Although, I guess they dried out the sleeping bag somehow with a fire before nightfall. Yeah, like when you... When you put the tent up, it airs out nicely, so it probably would have been good to go by the time uh, they were ready to sleep. Yeah. Would have been better than sleeping out with all the mosquitoes, anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, actually, I can't believe they didn't take the opportunity to show all 14 rolls of toilet paper wet, because toilet rolls look terrible when they get wet, so why did they do that, huh? If, If there's one thing I've learned from Tough Puppy, it's that toilet paper is a sacred artifact from beyond the stars, and it is not to be treated lightly. <laughs> so Yeah, you're right. They actually had it in, but um, oh, I just forgot the term for the department. The department uh, Standards and practices yeah. had to yeah. remove it. S&P was like, no, we can't let the children see the horror of a mound of 14 rolls of wet toilet paper. It's sacrilegious is what it is. Or it will offend those who hold it sacred, yes. I mean, remember all the memes people were making about Pearl in the roller rink episode of Steven <laughs> Universe Future? I think lots of us were holding it sacred a year ago. That's absolutely true. I don't have a shrine of Pearl over a roll of toilet paper at all. In fact, I definitely don't have a full statue of Pearl glued together made of toilet paper. Anyway, the... Little joke that Oscar (laughs) enjoys so much that he's carried it into his later tween years. Oh, it just reaches deep into my heart. I love how awkward it is that he still makes Hedgehog say the joke and everyone thinks it's not good at all. When it is a totally fine joke. Has everyone heard it before? I love... (laughs) It's perfect comedy. Where, <laughs> what's everybody else going to use, you know? It's it's funny. Poor Oscar. I, I I think it's all in the delivery. Hedgehog doesn't pour her soul into the joke anymore. So all they see is her awkwardly saying a line. Yeah, she really leaned in for it. Yeah, but I, I like how he packs the same stuff for a hiking trip as he did for a camping trip. Or as for a canoeing trip. <laughs> you always got to be ready to take... Big shits, always. <laughs> That's apparently Oscar's life. Um, I don't know. Might just be to dry out the sleeping bag in case there's a code yellow. Right, now there's a difference. Oh, code in yellow. In which case it is all for him. Oh, no. Did, did you like the all the, the 13s in the Jersey Devil's backstory? I love Oscar's dad as a storyteller. I have a hunch that he might have been embellishing on the spot there. I kind of got that vibe from him. What do you think? It was very well written and very well delivered. He definitely came across as he was continuing to come up with 13ths, but just barely actually eking out a good enough one, you know? Like, it never sounded completely contrived. I don't think he managed to get up to 13 13s, but I think that's what he was gunning for. <laughs> good, good theory. 
I, man, Oscar's dad's voice is so good as a dad voice, but it's even better for his little tale that absolutely scares the crap out of the kids. I love that Oscar and Hedgehog are <laughs> yes. on the exact same page of being petrified that this monster is going to come and get them. Yeah, normally you would expect Hedgehog to be the one comforting Oscar saying, oh, it's not real. But nope, nope, she's just as scared, I, I guess, because an adult said it. It must be true, right? Yeah, well, and Susie accepts that the, uh, doesn't accept, confirms that she knows. Jersey Devil is a real thing that is apparently super invisible. I'd like to imagine uh, she had a parent who also told her about the Jersey Devil, and perhaps it is also very mm. unreal, but... You know, I don't think that the Jersey Devil is actually invisible, because she said you would have a better luck finding an invisible creature than you would finding the Jersey Devil, so that necessarily implies that he's visible, he's just very good at hiding. Much like Moresmus from Team Fortress 2. Uh, I guess it's like, actually, like... It's not, it's like invisible. He's not even invisible. He's just yeah, not yeah. visible. Yes. All right, great. <laughs> We've established this. Now, you're talking about his voice. What I really liked, though, was the whole, and some say he has the head of a horse and the body of a horse, which I guess would make him just a horse then. <laughs> I don't, like, if he was making it up, he's also pulling in other inspiration. So it's hilarious that some of his inspiration he realizes is not so inspiring. <laughs> but, uh, oh well. No, I think I think that was very inspired because he's critiquing what other people say right there. <laughs> he's like, wait, <laughs> it's just a horse. Yeah. I'm so glad that we're in a Cartoon Network era where there's actually some good dads again. I guess we needed bad dads for a while, but it's so great to have Oscar's dad and, you know, Greg. And, yeah, I guess Summer Camp Island then twisted a little bit by having a bad mom instead, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. The Wicked Witch of Jersey, baby. <laughs> but, you know, he still does do a real white lie that really affects Oscar, and this is an important, you know, little learning moment for his dad as much as for... I mean, honestly, Max called it a coming-of-age story, or Lucy, one of them called it a coming-of-age story. I don't know how this uh... is a coming-of-age story. They just are scared by a yeah. monster and nothing else happens except that maybe oscar learns that the canoe it is important to be in the middle except i'm pretty sure that's a complete lie because i've ridden in canoes and i've never heard this piece of logic in my entire life i mean you know a lot of manufacturing know-how goes into making a drink cooler so i mean to say that you're as important as a drink cooler that's pretty important i think <laughs> Oh, man. I The dialogue of those young adults. Curse those teenagers. <laughs> Curse those teenagers. They have such specificity. Darn them to heck. They have such specificity as if they were talking to Oscar. Just to clarify. Not <laughs> that say. anyone asked. But. Not that anyone asked, but uh, Oscar's definitely a worthless piece of garbage. <laughs> I, I think it's... Kind of like the ending of Stephen's retelling of the story to Connie in An Indirect Kiss, where uh, Pearl kind of goes off the rails, and Connie's like, she didn't really say that, did she? It's like, no, but it felt like it. <laughs> I, I think Oscar might be misremembering what those teens said. Yeah, I, I definitely take that it's an alteration from the narrator. Poor guy. Yeah, I, I do love the unreliable narrator trope. Well, especially for such a sweet baby, but, you know, he didn't... It's not like his dad also looked evil in this story or anything. 
So maybe just in the case of the teens. I mean, Oscar was just so excited to be paddle buddies with Hedgehog and then uh, Mr. Practical has to come in and say, hey, maybe we'd like to actually get anywhere while we were riding our canoe. Yeah, who planned this trip? Uh, It definitely reached a point where Oscar was too old to just happily, stupidly sit in the middle of the canoe. I guess that's what changed. That's the coming of age stories, Oscar becoming a little more than just like a toddler. You can sit down anywhere and he'll just be happy. I mean, if it hadn't been for those teenagers, he would have been fine. He never would have figured it out on his own. <laughs> yeah, he really wouldn't have. Ugh. I think his father should have stuck with him being on Devil Watch. I think he really should have not called him a sack of potatoes. Yeah, that's a, that's a little mean for an affectionate nickname. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Now... I get that there is not supposed to be any question that the Jersey Devil did eat their sandwiches, but I, I, I did like that in a, in a different episode, in a different series, it would have been revealed that they actually had eaten the sandwiches because they were so hungry as they had previously established how growly their tummies were. <laughs> right, they just suddenly remember that it is. Or you would have gotten a, you know, at the end, Oscar lays down a sandwich and a roll of toilet paper yeah. for some reason, I guess. He thinks everyone might need a whole roll given a single sandwich. Yikes. Explain some gastrointestinal well, things. I mean, he lives in the woods. It's a rare luxury for him. True. But, um, you know, we completely refrain from seeing any, you know, glowing eyes or anything like that, right? We just get the wind blowing and that's it. It's kind of a special quality of Summer Camp Island because I, like, will they ever revisit the Jersey Devil? They just introduced this silly little not even quite mystery just mysterious element and maybe it never comes in to be a factor again but it's just funny that they give you nothing it's like yes who knows what the jersey devil really is and that's that's fun to do that to us to put us in the same position as you know six-year-old oscar and hedgehog maybe he doesn't look like a horse maybe he looks like a unicorn we've seen unicorns on the island i i doubt it It's such a weird mythical creature, because I don't know what he does except eat things and look like a horse and be hard to see. Well, I was was briefly reading the Wikipedia entry for the real folklore on the Jersey Devil, and I... Yeah, it sounds like your standard boogeyman tale to me, so yeah, just watch out or the Jersey Devil will get ya. Hmm. So yeah, in Summer Camp Island, he eats sandwiches. I love that only Jersey has stories like that. Like, it's such a bad place to be <laughs> that they have their own devil. There's there's regular Satan, and then there's the Jersey Devil. You're welcome. Quit living in our barrens, you mook. <laughs> anyway, guys, that's been us on He's Just Not Here Right Now. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Unlike the Jersey Devil, don't let your review of this podcast go unseen. Drop by anywhere you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.